Hey, Drew Scott here, and I'm Jonathan Scott, reminding you that life's better with a home policy from American Family Insurance. They can help you get just the right protection at just the right price and help you save when you bundle home and auto. Kind of like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. It'll be just right for you. We love a custom build. American Family Insurance. Insure carefully. Dream fearlessly. Get a quote and find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes. That it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, listeners, to your one and only source into all things Gossip Girl. You know you'll love it. XOXO. Hello. Hello. <laughs> What's the episode titled? Dan de Florette? Yes. I feel Dan, like... Dan de Florette. Um, Dan I de think Florette. It's based a, on a movie. Right. Based on the movie Jean de Florette. Yes. So it's a very um, exciting European titled episode. <laughs> For sure, very European. Um, yes. I always really would love, and I guess I still could and probably should, because it's something that I have thought about a lot, learning French. I just think it's such yes. a beautiful language. It's definitely the most romantic. But I also and feel I, like it's so difficult, right. but yeah. It's one of those languages that I think when you're learning it, you have to make a lot of faces. <laughs> Yeah, you, know, you have to you have Your to do a lot of like <laughs> mouth faces, and you know you have to just go all all the way, all, all in, all you have in, to be all in. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, this I I don't know that film Jean de Florette. I'm not familiar. I with don't it, either, and, and I don't exactly understand. Uh, you know how that kind of combines with the themes of this episode, but I'm sure someone out there listening to us does. So maybe they can let us know. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> I don't feel like sometimes the titles have to match what's going on, or like, right, be parallel of what, what what's going on in the episode. I think it's just they take titles. So right. maybe it has something to do with Dan is in the title of the movie because he's met a movie star and is like right. starting a potential. Oh, that's a good maybe point. something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's so. A good point. That's our episode. But before we get started, so you're in New York. You're not sweating your face off anymore. It's cold. No, it's freezing now. Now <laughs> it's taking the turn. So now it's, um, you know, now it's that kind of thing where I just had a Starbucks, you know, peppermint latte because I was like, had to get a holiday latte. So that's the, we- the that's the weather latte. we have now. Yeah, we've taken the turn. It's that time. But don't you love that? It's like holidays are near. Get to eat right. all these like 
comforting foods and cookies and like, oh, I love this time of year so much. I do like the romance so, so of much. the um I like the romance of the season certainly so it's like it has that um vibe in my neighborhood because I live in Brooklyn so around my neighborhood there are a lot of like brownstones and people have the wood burning fireplaces so yeah, during this time of year it. you can smell that beautiful smell and you know it just feels like a movie so absolutely you know there's something about New York with all of that like there's an episode we did on the podcast and I'm like if you've never made out with someone in New York City like grab them in the summer. It doesn't matter if it's hot or not. Like walk down right. the street holding hands and just make out in New York City. And it's the same for the winter. Like oh yeah, wear your cute scarves, hold hands, go ice skating. I don't know. There, it's just such a romantic city no matter what. It could be hot and sweaty right. or cold and frigid. And you're just like, there's still like this romance in the air. And it still feels like a movie always. Oh yeah. Especially, yeah. Especially when there's a little bit of holiday decor and you know and it's also like that oh idea God. you said you know making out with somebody in the street it's like kissing someone and that. there's little snowflakes in your eyelashes <laughs> yeah <laughs> like and things just, like that it definitely is exciting yeah absolutely there's also something if we're being honest like i do remember when it would be like snowing and that first snowfall so beautiful and everything white and then like later that afternoon or evening <laughs> oh, like yeah. the snow's like dark and it's just you're a mess but it's also right. like you know what it's okay cuz i'm in new york city you, it's like yeah. part of part of the charm in a weird yeah, way. Yeah, it's great when we have a big snowfall and then it melts and then it reveals all of the yeah, trash just... underneath. <laughs> but, you know, it's the, that's the trade-off. But, you know, it's like yeah. gritty and romantic <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, we'll take it. Um, so here's where we left off. There was a lot of guest stars in here in this episode that Huge. I didn't – yeah, like – Tyra Banks. I didn't remember that at all. I didn't remember that Tyra Banks was on the show. And it was like, so when I saw her, I was like, what? Um, so <laughs> Ursula? What a, yeah. What a fun, I guess you could call it a cameo. I mean, it's like a one episode kind of one special done. surprise. Yeah. Yeah. And then Georgina Chapman, who d- is the designer for Marquesa, which I right. love that brand. And I love Georgina. She's amazing. She's dressed me during the show and after the show for many, many events and premieres and stuff. And she's just awesome and lovely and beautiful. And then Tori Birch, a great designer, Hilary Duff, who plays Vanessa's roommate, Um, Casey, a lovely actress, Deanna. It's just, it was a ton of guest stars. It was really a packed episode. It certainly was. Fun group of people, hey? It really is. And it's exciting too, because it has that Hollywood comes to NYU kind of, you know, so we have the movie premiere, you know, because it's now that I'm rewatching the show, I'm realizing, you know, how much every, almost every episode has that grand event, you know, that connecting, you know, that thing where everything goes down. So the idea that this was the premiere, the the premiere, Mm -hmm. the auction. So this was a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was like thinking about like when, Having someone like an Olivia Burke, Hillary Duff's character, right? I mean, that's that would have to be a very tricky and interesting and kind of like totally shocking kind of moment to all of a sudden be your roommates like, you know, I'm guessing right. it would kind of be like a Kristen who Kristen, Kristen Stewart, Stewart yeah. the lovely <laughs> Kristen Stewart. So I feel like this is what Olivia Burke is supposed to be at the right. height of of yes, the height of all the vampire stuff. But you know, I also think I yes. was remembering when we shot uh, Gossip Girl, The Vampire Diaries, I believe, was on CW also, and that was a very popular show too. So Huge. I feel like vampires were all around us at that time. So yeah, it makes sense that uh, this character Vampire was really Diaries, the star True of that. Blood, 
Mm-hmm. Twilight. You know, it's one yeah. of those things in Hollywood when something hits and works, everyone tries to yes. do it on everything. But but I just felt like there was so many. I'm like, wow, they're really working. These people love these vampires. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> wherever they are, whatever it is, people are loving it. It's huge. And the, and the fact that, so Olivia is the star of one of those, I guess it's a movie or a TV show. And she, but right. you know, what else I thought was so cool was that Olivia Burke as a name of, if you're, if you're inventing the name of a movie star, it's such a good name. Cause I, it made me think, is there really an Olivia Burke? And I was like, no, well, it's, right. it's just well suited. What was so funny about, about this, like I knew Hillary before she came on. So when we found out who was playing her, I was like right. super pumped. And she seems, you know, I, I remember her uh, being on set because, you know, she has her uh, kind of a lengthy storyline. And so I remember her being around and she was really sweet and, and fun to hang out with in the hair and makeup room and all that stuff. I didn't have a lot of overlap with her on screen, but on camera, it's like she's, you know, so charismatic and likable as this character. And you just want so badly for her to have, you know, this college moment that she wants to have. And so this I really just experience. Yeah, yeah. I forgot. I just forgot how, you know, how good she is in this role and how um, magnetic she is and charming. So it was nice to um, to see her get introduced. Um, so what what happened last episode? So we were in... Okay, so we left off where... Yeah. Uh, okay, things escalate as Georgina and Bree bow out of the action while Scott right. revealed to be the son of Rufus and Lily. Blair's partnership with Chuck is once again leading into a clash of wills and trust against Serena and Carter. Will Chuck's ambitions... To build his own business, bear fruit. Can Serena bridge her emotional gap with Carter? There's just, you know, many things that I'm, yeah, <laughs> I need to know what goes down. <laughs> now that we're revisiting that, that where we were, where we left off, it's like a lot of those stories that we're developing kind of take a little hiatus in this episode here. So right. it's like the Empire Hotel and Carter and all these things are kind of, uh, taken a back seat here. We all, we get introduced to new characters and new ideas, which, you know, yeah. it's good. we have plenty of episodes yep. ahead in order to wrap a up all those <laughs> storylines. So in this episode, it's the first day at school at Constance Billard, which is nice because we get to kind yes. of pop back into our high school mode. It's also time for Jenny to take her rightful place as the new queen bee. Unfortunately queen for Jenny, Blair is more than happy to, interv- uh, to intervene when news reaches her that she may be needed back at Constance. Meanwhile, this Lily returns. So Kelly returns from her uh, maternity leave and Lily returns to New York City. Um, She returns home to Rufus and her family to find that things are definitely not as she left them. Plus, of course, a famous movie actress, Olivia Burke, enrolls at NYU in hopes of having a somewhat normal college experience and is assigned to be Vanessa's roommate. Ursula, an actress co-starring in Olivia's movie, befriends Serena when she's hired as a publicist for an upcoming premiere. So, yeah, we really get a lot of new stuff here. Yeah, they're introducing a lot of relationships, jobs, roommates, things that, you know, are going to have big arcs and big moments right. here in in season 3. Uh okay, so here so the episode opens, we're on the streets of New York and we meet Olivia but don't really meet Olivia. She says her name is Kate. Yes. She's got this cute little hat on, very yeah. low key. I do feel like a part of this kind of is like a part of what Hillary's life probably was because she was, she hit really big in Mm -hmm. in the entertainment and all over the world with um, Lizzie McGuire. Sure. And she was just this huge megastar. 
And so I feel like that's part of it. Yeah. And it's like if your career is so big and you're sort of still sort of forming your identity and like, you know, growing up and coming into your own, it's like that that battle, which is really nicely portrayed in this episode of, of, you know, having to fulfill your professional obligations, but at the same time, just kind of live and be who you are and find yourself and do college and be normal and have friends. And yeah. uh, And I feel like that's gotta be tough because it's like once your if your career takes off and it hits on something like that, because once you are known and that famous, you're also probably a little bit like worried and and have your walls up of who's really your friends or who's trying to get information or try to be your friend for other reasons. So it's like, it's hard to kind of let that down and be normal, I would think, for someone like uh, on that level. It makes sense that she jumps on this opportunity when Dan visibly doesn't doesn't know know who who she she is. is, And she's able to just be herself with him. And you can see how you know, what a gift that is for her. He's not well-versed in the vampire movie TV world. He doesn't know who she is. I guess, I think we have the scene where Nate is explaining to him, you know, that she's coming to, to NYU. Right. So when he sees her, he doesn't have an inkling. And, you know, of course, there's always the complication looking in retrospect. It, we know that in the end of the series, Dan is Gossip Girl. And so Gossip Girl seems to know about Olivia, <laughs> but Dan doesn't. But, you but know, Dan, it's one of those- Dan does not, but- it's one of those little, uh, you know, suspensions of disbelief that we have to um, put into play as we look at Gossip Girl in its linear progression. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but. and I also thought it was like I la- I was kind of laughing how Vanessa kind of knew and tripped. Right. I-, I was like, that didn't really feel like that was up Vanessa's alley, but she was like, I'm a secret fan, and I'm just gonna right. treat you like my roommate. I'm like, okay, Vanessa. I th- I wouldn't picture you to be like. I have a question. Vanessa had a single room. Before, right? Did she have a what was her roommate situation? No, I think she was just waiting for her roommate to come. So she just had like a delay. Yeah. Um, But there's this fabulous the reveal when Vanessa realizes, first of all, she walks in and realizes her roommate is here. And it's the assistant who has taken down this poster. And so you could see Vanessa has been a little bit her her territory has been, you know, violated a little bit here um in the beginning. And then we get the reveal. And it's a great scene. Um, I thought I got a kick out of it with this like just the look on your face with Casey. Um, you real, yeah. <laughs> when you're like dealing with this assistant, and then all of a sudden faced with this big star, you know, coming in to be a roommate, it was really a, a fun scene. Um, yeah, it was. I just remember feeling like, okay, here's this big star, and and clearly in this episode, you can see something's going to go down with with Olivia and right Dan. But right. um, that scene to me was interesting because this is a real like turn for Vanessa because here now it's like she's dealt with these like popular kids on the Upper East right. Side. So here she is with someone on a, on a whole bigger scale that the whole world knows who this is, not just like right. the world on the Upper East Side with Serena. But now we're like literally living with each other and roommates and you're like yeah. starting to possibly date my best friend. So it's just right. to wrap my head around that for Vanessa, I'm like, <laughs> what? It's it's almost like you had practice, like Vanessa had practice dealing with high profile Serena. people who are out of touch right. and then also dealing with watching Dan, <laughs> you know, right. having balance all of these kind of powerful women that he has no idea what he's doing. So it's funny because it's, yeah, it really is like a turning point for Vanessa or like a coming home, coming home and roost. And Nate says something funny too. Like I would have just thought a guy who dated Serena Vanderwoods and would have like more game or something because he like, yes, that was really good. That was a very funny line. 
True. I'm like, true, Nate. Yeah. It was a fun, there was a fun scene there with them in the like uh, coffee shop when, when Nate realizes that Dan doesn't know who she is and he kind of like, yeah. let's, you know, he doesn't he let like, on because he's not, no, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he's like enjoying yeah. it too much, which is really cute. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was kind of like, be a homie and let him know. But then I'm also like, no, he's fine. And it's cute that she, he didn't know. I kind of like that he didn't and was like, yeah, but he's never short of girls either. Uh, yeah. He's always got, <laughs> yeah. Got oh, he's always on. got something. <laughs> and I'm um, speaking of Georgina. So we don't see her in this episode, but we no. know Vanessa has some interaction with Scott and then Scott has sort of Georgina on the other line. So we know that whatever that is, is happening, right? But we don't get a lot of yeah. information. So right. I don't know if she's going to use that relationship or that situation to get closer or have something over Dan. I don't know. Because right. at this point, they're not together. Dan's already uh, on to Olivia. Oh, yeah. Why are you like, what What are you going to get from Scott? Right. That's Georgina, really an interesting chill, girl. Yeah. It's like they plant the seed, but we have no idea where that's going at all. Right. No idea. No, she's not. Um, I mean, maybe Scott comes back and he's like dating Olivia too. Like, who knows? Right. But <laughs> um, Scott is Olivia's <laughs> secret brother. Um, right. <laughs> but meanwhile, as all that is going on, we have Jenny at school, which I right. like that they did this, where we still yes. have like a flavor and a connection to the school. Right. But like in the beginning with her, when she's like putting on the headbands and then she she decides not to wear it. I thought that was like yes, very symbolic. Also, she looks so good. Her hair, right. that she color. Has such I was a like, Taylor looks great. Symbolic way of showing that she's, you know, who she's going to be. That she's not going to embody the, yeah. the classic uh, Blair esque queen bee, but she's going to rather be some a benevolent um, force. And you see that with that very simple act of not donning the headband. So I really. Um, thought that was an interesting start to that. And then it was such a fantastic scene. I got such a kick out of when she actually went to school and realized that all of the girls were already doing Ready their makeup to like her. her. Yes. Yes. And like, already wow. they, they show up and they look like little um, photocopies of her. Little and Queen And she has a great line where she's like, first of all, go wash your eyes. Little yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, damn, girl. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, and then it's it's getting back to Blair that Jenny is like not holding court right. And I feel like this whole th episode with Blair, I just feel like Blair is better than that. Like, are you still worried about these high right. school girls? Like, let's just let that be. Like, just oh, yeah. because she can't, she's not fitting in at, at NYU and feeling weird. It's like, you're going to go and hang out. Like, I just don't get it. I just, I'm just like, you're, you're, you've went. Right it's the next chapter of your life. Like move on. <laughs> it just feels a little like desperate. It's desperate. Yeah. Because usually we have Blair as such a, you know, she's such a character, you know, usually who's relatively yeah, confident, this, like, stands her own strength. And then, yeah. And even if she's insecure and things like that, and we all have our own insecurities, there's still, she still has this like power game where she can like outpower anyone and she's right. got it. And she's like the queen bee and this and that. So when you see her kind of like falling off that, which is kind of not nice to see because also get a grip, Blair. Let's figure yeah. it out. Like, don't go back and well, be desperate and try to do this. Like, you, we've moved on no from kidding. you at that school. You know what I mean? We don't need right. a freshman in high school or college going back <laughs> right. to try to, like, have these kids follow you. Like, stop. Yeah. And <laughs> I also remember, much. like, I mean, I remember that feeling from high school times that there was always that one or two of those kids who 
really had a great experience in high school who would then hang around. Couldn't let it go. You know, they'd be like in their twenties and still so coming to high school to parties, and you were like, just move forward in life. You know, so it's like yeah. the idea that you can kind of peak in high school or that's where you feel most comfortable. You kind of really don't want that for Blair, and it's nice that you know Chuck and I, even Dorota has a line with like you know Chuck and I agree. Like you know we're of the opinion, and, and Blair's like shut up. Right. Or, you know, so it's like everybody can see that she's not you know, she's, she's losing her way. <laughs> and so it's sad to watch her go down that road. And it's nice that they kind of rescue her. And Chuck does it with basically with like tough love, because he ends up yeah undercutting her and kind of embarrassing her by going to this event with Jenny and you know, with so, Jenny. Yeah. But he also knows how to do that to her. Right. You have like to get he her knows. attention. Like when, I mean, that's the thing with yeah. her. It's like you have to be, a, you know, a little bit dramatic when you deal with Blair. So <laughs> they, yeah. you know, <laughs> so they do. But, you know, it's I think it's a very relatable story, too, for this idea that, you know, she can't find her footing at NYU. So this is the what the third episode, fourth episode of this season. And she yeah. is not comfortable yet. And, you know, it's that I think is very relatable because it takes a minute. I, to I fit agree. In. Yeah. And it's a new environment. It's it's new people. It's different personalities. She's really used to her same thing. For so many years that, you know, right. being the queen bee, everyone following her, you know, right. but I also think it's, there's something in this where I, hopefully we see in the next little bit that she learns that maybe you, you have to shift a little bit. Yeah. That you have to evolve because here's the other thing. <laughs> People aren't falling for her shit now. Do you know what right. I mean? Exactly. Um, exactly. <laughs> so Hopefully we see that she kind of learns from that and understands like, hey, I'm going to have to find what other people like to do sometimes, not always what I want to do. Right. And value other people's We both know Blair has a big heart and she really is. She's funny and she can be a great friend and a great person. It's just she's a little selfish. She's very stubborn. (laughs) And she it's like her way or no way, you know. So she's going to have to do some shifting because people aren't going to be bossed around right now. So exactly. Sorry, Blair. Right. My my philosophy has always been that rejection sometimes is an invitation to evolve or to kind of look inward. So it's like sometimes rejection is just rejection yeah. and you have to power through. Sometimes rejection is an invitation totally. to you to say, you know, maybe the universe is showing me something about myself here. So I think that for her, you know, the personal growth that's required in order to make new connections and make new friends. And and it's interesting to see her in the scene and have the, the silly scene with the what do they call themselves? The masters of the universe oh, the group. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, even though she's being totally bossy and, and mean to them right up the get, it's like, there's still, there is room for her. I guess what I'm saying is that there is room for her at NYU. It's just her finding, you know, finding yeah. those connections. Totally. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. 
Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, that's, so that's the other thing. So Lily comes back from being with Cece. So I guess Cece is feeling better now, she says, which thankfully, yes. because everybody loves Cece. I mean, she's, you know, or loves to hate Cece. <laughs> right. And meanwhile, Kelly's coming back right. who just had a baby. So let's keep that in mind. Like she yes. has a fresh little baby. That's why yeah, she was probably in, the, in the dressing room, you know, probably Definitely. back in her, in her trailer. For sure. So she's back. And so she basically, the first thing she does is surprise the uh, Rufus and Serena. And she's like, why are you here and not at, um, not at school? At Brown. Yeah. yeah. So immediately Serena has to deal with coming clean. Of course, Lily is disappointed. There's a really nice scene here where um, Serena and Rufus practice telling Lily, which is really funny, where Rufus, uh, Rufus is doing like a Lily impression, which I really got a kick out I of. I liked that. <laughs> Serena's like, she wouldn't do that. She would turn her head this way. Right. She wouldn't hit the table. <laughs> I'm like, okay, Serena. <laughs> yeah, that was very cute. It was funny. But it's like, so basically they have to tell Lily and, and Lily is immediately disappointed and of course convinced that she will be able to turn the tide on this. Um, but But Serena's solution is to say, I'm not just going to gallivant around New York. I'm going to get a job, you know, which I think Lily finds a little bit laughable. And then pretty quickly, she has a serendipitous run in with Olivia's publicist. Well, she's actually at the same cafe with Olivia and Olivia's publicist. Right. Bunch of paparazzi are outside when Olivia gets up. She's like, oh, my gosh, what do I do? And then Serena kind of overhears and then turns and says, hey, go out through the kitchen, turn left, blah, blah, blah. She literally gives this yes. like, whole <laughs> explanation of how to get out of there. Right. And then. Olivia knows that it's Serena. Wait, you're Serena Vanderwoodson, right? And she's like, right. yeah. So anyways, yes, Olivia leaves. And then her publicist, Casey, is like, oh, I think you would work yeah, you well. with really do with well in this world. Right. So it's like she basically sees an opportunity to, you know, take advantage of Serena's uh, life yeah. experiences and who she is and brings her into the publicity world. And in this case, there's a premiere that night. So she yes. ends up assigning Serena to the Tyra Banks's character who was named, uh, what is her name? Ursula. And this is Olivia's 
co-star in the movie right. that is premiering this night. And they they tonight. pretty much like show that she's like this really kind of dramatic, hard to deal with person. In the first scene, she comes out throwing dresses and, you know, she's it looks like she's going to be a handful. But then uh, very quickly, we see that Serena and uh, uh, Ursula have gone, have made a connection. They've had a little slumber party. They've basically... Totally. Um, so immediately we see that Ursula is just a wonderful complicated person who is an actor who is you know nervous about this big premiere that it's a big deal so immediately that character becomes humanized and I mean I don't know about you I don't know if you ever watched Tyra Banks's other stuff but you know she has such a big personality but also in this character plays a very vulnerable and you know sweet hearted uh right a character that I really related to and was rooting for here so um yeah well, she's so fierce and so beautiful and been around right. for so long. And like, um, you know, so when you do see this like softness, you're like, oh, you're kind of like taking yeah. it back a little bit, but you love it. I almost don't know. She looks almost <laughs> better right. now than she did early on. I'm like, yeah, she never know, just yeah. like she never just looks changes beautiful for the worse. Always. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's also with her like heart and her good energy and stuff also comes through. Cause when someone's really sweet and wonderful, you know, you shine in a different light. I yeah. feel like, you know, no, I definitely agree with that. And she has in this character, there's like, you know, she's been working really hard for something and then she's on the precipice of a big success and it just has to, you know, she just has to kind of step into that door of opportunity and everything in this in is relying on this, big high stakes scene that she got to play as an actor in the movie. It's, yeah. it's like you kind of start rooting for her immediately. And, um, and, you know, also, and I think it's interesting to see Tyra Banks in that role because as long as I can remember, she has been a supermodel and a superstar. So for her to portray someone at the beginning of their career, it goes to show that she has some pretty solid acting chops because she de delivers it really beautifully. Yeah. So yeah. And you're rooting for her. And then yeah, I thought she brought her a game for sure. And this, this whole storyline was like interesting to me too. Cause I'm like, wait, so Casey's here with Olivia, Ursula's here with Serena. Right. And then it's also like, Serena at the end is like, you know, Ursula's like, I'm not going to work at her company unless she hires you because right. Casey ends up telling Serena that they're not going to work together because of the way Ursula stormed out. Yeah. And it's another example of like, Lily is always right because Lily comes in and is like, look, she's using you for your, you know, who you are, your, your notoriety. And then it turns out that she's right because Casey wants her to talk Ursula into embarrassing herself for for press, like, you for know, press. For, yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't make a tremendous a lot of amount of sense because publicists are usually working on behalf of the actors they represent, but whatever. Um, right. <laughs> in the end, it's like basically Serena has to face her either acting out of her own integrity or keeping the job. And she chooses yeah. integrity and friendship. So she chooses integrity. to protect Ursula. Totally. And that's where I think the way they write these characters are Serena is where yeah. you keep falling in love with Serena the whole time. You're like, wow, you just love her. Because not only, like, then does she get the job taken from her, then, the, right. you know, the main client says she's not going to stay at the company unless Serena stays there. That's just such a Serena moment in Gossip right. Girl. Like, I always think things like this happen to her. Like, yes. it's the craziest thing, but then she, like, saves the world or saves the day and saves the, you know. <laughs> and I'm always like, this is so funny. Like, such yeah. a Serena thing. That is such a Serena thing. Absolutely. It is. But I also do like that she didn't lose her integrity and she did do the right thing. Like, you know, I, I really right. do. I like that. 
yeah, she keeps getting tested and usually she comes out on top in terms of like, yeah, when she's able to make that choice, you know, she, she'll make the choice for the betterment of the other person, which is nice. And I think even though she's not in college, it's like, we're, we still, we're still going to see personal growth, you know, because she's still on her journey, even though it's not the journey that Lily wants for her. Right. Right. What did you think of that? Like, is Lily wanting Serena so badly to go to Brown because she she's doesn't want Serena to make the same mistake she did? Like, there is something really that Serena is not feeling to go to Brown. Now, is it because she's scared? Is I don't right. know, but I'm I'm wondering why sometimes I feel like it's so pushed. Like, why does Lily right. need her to go? Like, if she really yeah. doesn't want to no, do I it. Agree. Yeah. I know it's all situational and everyone's beliefs are different. I just sometimes watching this, I'm like, maybe just take six months to figure something out because college will still be there. Well, why is it so important for Lily? I mean, some people don't need to go to college at all. Some people taking that gap year makes a lot of sense for them. And so I think that with Lily, we see that overbearing parenting style and it's always comes into question. But in a way, I think she's a little bit right because what Serena isn't doing is she isn't facing what actually is an issue. So she seems right. to be chasing this and that was my of her question father, right? right? Yeah. So I think it's like she wants she wants to find her dad and and the failure to do that in this previous summer, I think sent her on a spiral. So she actually isn't in a healthy place. She's not in a place of like, you know what? I need a year off for self-discovery. I think she's like a little bit lost. So I think Lily has the right maternal instinct, which is to say, yeah. you need some guidance now. But Pushing her to Brown maybe isn't the thing, but if Serena was really being honest with everyone, then maybe they could all work together to make sure that her next year of life is fantastic, right? So I feel like right, it's complicated. And then there's though. a part of that where it's like, it's very complicated because there's a part of, I'm sure for Serena, with the whole father situation, that's a lot to digest that there's someone yeah. who is is making an effort not to see you or not to right. know you. No, it's a very big, hard issue. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's like adding everything else. And maybe that's where Lily's coming from. I, I don't know. It's like you said, I, I can see both. Lily really need, could ask herself too, like, why is it so important that my daughter go to Brown? Exactly. Is it just cachet? Is it just, is it that she does, she wants a better life for Serena than she had for herself? Or is it that that feels good to her because it's something she can brag about? So I feel like those questions yeah. always come into play with her too. So you're like, what? Is it because that's I want I it mean. for me? It's like, what is, <laughs> yes, like, right. what, that's so. my question. I'm like, Lily, why is it so important to you? And and Serena, right. why why do you not want to? For There was, she was pumped about Brown for a minute, you yeah. know? And it is, you know, interesting because she's the only character who would be leaving. So yeah. it's scary. I mean, I left my town, I, you know, and grew up in Indiana and went to college in New York. I remember that moment of being like, bye everyone and everything I've ever known. (laughs) I'm going to go live my life over here now. So, you know, it's crazy because I actually think it's really interesting that we ask young people at 17, 18 years old to make that huge move because it is, especially in the United States, people tend to go to school far from home. Whereas like, you know, in other, you know, my Polish family, they all stay in the town where they are to go to school. And so I feel like that idea of really leaving the fold and saying, I'm going to start my new life and I'm going to go here. And, you know, it's a scary, scary time of life. And um, so I think it's part of what's so great about letting these characters grow up is that we get to see them experience this, the kind of the scary part of the transition too. Yeah. But there's also probably a lot of like shocking things, you know, you don't really know the roommate that you're going to have. Like there's just so many things and right, but also can be super fun. And you, and you probably really, you also make some, you know, at that 
point too, make some of your best friends for your life right. too. Well, yeah. And that's the great thing about college is that those friendships sometimes are found in unlikely places. So, you know, right. the, and you, Vanessa and, and Olivia together that would never, ever otherwise maybe meet yeah. or be friends. Yeah. And there's a yeah. really fantastic scene when, so basically uh, we go to the premiere, Dan realizes that uh, Olivia is Olivia and not Kate. And, you know, they kind of have <laughs> but a he, coming. But like, knew that before, but didn't know it was to that extreme. Because remember, right. she's like, well, my life is like, my you know, I don't really know if you understand. Like, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I dated someone who was kind of in yeah. the spotlight. I don't remember what he was said. Was he talking and about, she, he was talking about Serena, right? Serena. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who else is Dan dating? Like, is I this, guess. what's his name? Pete Davidson, who's dating right, right, every, right. Like, yeah, all the big stars. <laughs> like, right. <laughs> so Dan, um, <laughs> so then he gets to the premiere and he realizes like, oh, this is like really wild what it is. But he also said, I thought you were working. You could have just told me like, you didn't want to hang out to Olivia right. says that and she's like well what I am you know because he's not oh, realizing right because they're it's the like premiere, her right. movie and she's the star and like yeah yeah her doing the red carpet and interviews is work which is yeah. funny because I do feel like people if you're not in our industry like sometimes Brad has come to stuff with me and he's like this is your work and I'm like well you probably <laughs> yeah <laughs> like get, you know doing a carpet or doing the interviews or going into yeah. press and I'm like well yeah it's all part of it and I know. Sometimes it looks yeah. more glamorous than it is, even though it's, it can all be fun at times or tiring yeah. at times, you know, but it's like sometimes a lot of people the party, only see, right? <laughs> right but yeah. sometimes people only see the like stepping on the carpet and people yelling mm-hmm. your name. Like they're not understanding right. like the, you right. know, getting up at four in the morning to do the press and getting on flights and all the things, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, I mean, just <laughs> on that topic, it's like, I always think it's interesting to see like, you know, these stories of like movie premieres and, and, you know, when you actually start breaking down, like what it means to be one of those stars on the carpet, like the idea that everybody's looking at you and you have a, a persona to maintain, you have a way that you have to uh, comport yourself. That's a really stressful thing that a lot of people, it's a really big um, point of, discomfort for people, public speaking, you know, getting out in front of people, you know, social anxiety. So I feel like, you know, 90% of the world can understand that one of the hardest things to do is to be yourself and to present yourself, you know, to (laughs) people who are staring at you. So it is work in that regard. And yeah, and you can mess up, you can say the wrong thing, you could fall down. Like, I mean, you know, these, it's, of course, it's not brain surgery. And there are Every job has its difficulties and its um, pros and cons, but this idea of having to be a certain person um, can be hard. And it makes sense in this episode that she's really struggling with that and she wants to escape it. She wants to have, you yeah. know, just, just Olivia time, just be herself and go to school. And so, yeah. And part of it too, on top of all that, trying to be yourself and, and, you know, do well with it getting into these roles, like doing her job. It's also like you're under a magnifying glass and people are criticizing your work and what you're wearing and all the things, you know, like, and even when we were on, on this show coming out, you know, like all the reviews and what the parents were saying and all the things. And that's why sometimes people be like, how do you do it? I'm like, I don't read it all. Like if I did, I would drive myself crazy. And for Olivia, she now gets to to NYU and sees all these people that are her age that can just walk and get a coffee and not be bothered or go do this. And she's got to worry about her premieres and people judging her and all the people on her floor signing up an NDA. 
Right. And she's so embarrassed about it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like to to try to be normal and then have your life be that way. But but then you're also seeing it all in front of you. That's got to be right. tough. But then yeah. again, I, if you would probably ask Olivia, would you go back and not take that first role that blew you up? She'd probably yeah. say, no, Hell I would have no. taken it. So yeah, of course I would have taken it. <laughs> right. But, but there's a really good point made in this episode, which I think is like this idea that her representative, Casey, is doing all this stuff on her behalf. And that when she realizes that her representative has sent non-disclosure agreements to all of her floor mates, she's embarrassed. And like, you know, when you are in the public eye or when you're a when you're an actor or, or a performer and you have team a team and people representing you, it's like a lot of times you don't get to speak for yourself. So uh, you know, I think right. we hear all these stories about celebrities being like, I only like green M&Ms or whatever. And you're like, you never even know if that's true because everything is always funneled through all these other people who are in the mix, you know? So I think that's an interesting storyline here. I like that moment because we don't see that very often is the fact that she's like, oh man, Casey, Casey's, yeah. <laughs> Casey's blowing up my effort at being cool and making real connections here. So I, I kind of empathize yeah, with that. Yeah, she's like, I don't want these girls to hate me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like now they're, you know. Right. And, you know, I've seen both. Yeah, our industry's very, um, like, fickle with that kind of stuff. Right. Because it's like, if you say, okay, she just wants a cold ice water, that doesn't mean yeah. that this person's a diva. She just right. wants a cold this ice is, water because she was just on a nine-hour flight. Right, <laughs> right, right. Or maybe she didn't ask for one. Yeah. So there's different things. Yeah. And then there's, uh, you know, and we also know that there are obviously some divas out there that, you know, do want yeah. only blue M&Ms. But of course, and there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. Maybe that's something where they're like, hey, I can only perform this way because that's what I <laughs> right. eat. On, that's why I need the fuel of the blue dye. Yeah. (laughs) So it's just funny. It's all obviously, again, situational. But um, I do like that you see that in this where it's like, okay, you know, Casey's like kind of being selfish because she wants her to have this press because, you know, that's what she gets paid for, but willing to like lose her integrity. She's obviously a real manipulator, too. Yeah, because like we see later with Ursula that, you know, she's she's a little bit of a schemer that Casey and I don't think she probably doesn't represent most publicists come at the, their work in a different, very different way. But in the terms of the gossip girl, totally. Plot lines, yeah, I don't think you know having this right. kind. There's always that person who has malevolent intentions that's like stirring the pot and testing all of our characters, right? So, totally. But you know, this premiere that we see here is also funny because they have they went ahead and shot like a scene of the movie because we watched like a little short yes. scene of the movie. So that to me was very <laughs> funny because I was like, are they going to go and shoot this like? you know, World War II <laughs> drama. And they did. They did like a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it was cute. And then how about at the end of the premiere? So Blair has the sleepover and these girls from Constance are there and she's about to tell the story of how she got Chuck to tell her that he loved her. And yes. then there's a blast that goes out. And one of the girls are like, you know, there's a gossip girl blast and Chuck is seen at a premiere yeah. of Olivia Burke's new movie with Jenny Humphrey. Right. So, dun-dun-dun, yeah. so that happens. <laughs> yes. And then we get to the premiere and Blair shows up and then a photographer asks Blair to stop on the carpet as she's leaving and says, wait, can I take your photo? And Blair goes, who, me? And he goes, yeah, you're Blair Waldorf, aren't you? And 
in that moment for me, I'm like, oh my gosh, she needed that. She's going through something right, right. now. She has her insecurities. Maybe this will give yeah. her a boost of like, yeah, you know, validation um, that she some is confidence somebody. and validation. Right. Yes. And I know that that sounds like really lame. Like you need some photographer to like, but maybe it was that little thing to be like, I am right. being seen and I am here and I am Blair Waldorf. And I felt for Blair in that moment because I, yes. I saw even the way Leighton played it. Like, okay, she like there was a little glimpse of hope like, in yeah, her eye. Spark came back, right? A little bit yeah. of life came back. And then you know, right? We find <laughs> then out. Then we go to, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, the guy's leaning into the limo, and Chuck's like, you know, we're done here. But the photographer says, "Why did you want me to take a picture of that girl?" And he says something like. I always knew she could fly, but we needed a magic feather. Like, and right, I was about like, Dumbo I or something. Yes. So then when I saw he was doing doing that, I also love that because what, what Blair and Chuck do is they yeah. see the strengths in each other and they see when someone's really like where they need to be lifted up again and they lift right. each other up in the best way. It was like what we saw in the last episode about the photo at the auction. Right. You know, like she was giving up the invitation so that he he could have the photo. And then, you know, now we're finding out that like he was doing that to just pick her up and give her that confidence again. And I thought I, that's what I really like about those two. Oh, yeah. Um, no, it's, and it's great because it was like behind the scenes stuff. So it's like, you know, he's not going to get the credit for that. It's just that he really needed he needed to get her out of that funk. He needed to get her out of that slumber party. Totally. And 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 it was like the way it all went down, like going to the premiere with Jenny to get her attention, to get her to come there, to get the photo taken of her, to like the the, the chess game that he played to get her there to make that all go down, to make her feel good for, for a minute again was just like <laughs> on point. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, definitely. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Stephanie J. Block. And I'm Mary Lee Fairbanks. And we host Stages Podcast. Binge close to 100 episodes. Hear the inside stories from backstage and behind the scenes as we go beyond the resume and into the heart of creativity and what it really takes to be in the business of show business. Don't miss our chats with this season's Tony nominees. If you love theater and entertainment, you are going to love Stages Podcast. Subscribe to Stages Podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts and visit us at stagespodcast.net. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. 
And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I wanted to ask you because we're talking about premiere so much, and I know you have a, a, a movie premiering right now, and I'm wondering, like, how exciting is it to know that some work that you made is coming into people's televisions and homes, or um, is it a thrilling part of the process or a scary part? I'm excited because it's my first Christmas movie, holiday movie, and that's my favorite time of the year. And I just, I had a really fun time making it. My whole family, like Brad, Lexi, and Bowie all got to be with me in Canada for um, while I was filming. So I just had a really good experience with everyone on it. And I'm just so pumped that we're at that time of year and that I got to do this like fun, feel good movie. Right. You know, so watching the premiere in this episode and watching sort of the pain that Ursula goes through because her big scene is cut. But Serena says something interesting to her, which she says, you know, you're an artist, you're an actor, like you should be gracious and, um, you know, just move forward. And like, I feel like it's, you know, in this life of, you know, seeking a, a life and a career in the arts, it's like, sometimes you have to, you do your work, you put your heart into it and then you just let it fly. And sometimes it, <laughs> sometimes the, the result is not what you expected, but you know, it's like, uh, you know, Serena was wise. Serena right, is sometimes because, very wise. <laughs> no, Serena is wise a lot. It's she's that's why sometimes I'm like she seems just older than everyone because she's giving advice as if right. she's like been through things at, at like she's 35. But um, it is true. And if we don't do that as artists and actors, we could drive ourselves absolutely crazy, and it can it can affect our work on on such a level. But you know, again, you just see a lot of people see the finished work. There is a like a photo out there of a ballerina's foot and it's all cut up and tore oh, up wow, and there's like scrapes and she's it's the on their toes and it just looks gnarly you're like oh my god and then it shows one of just the ballerina slipper looking perfect you only see the finished product so everything that's going into this like beautiful thing that's done you didn't see the blood sweat and tears it's like the tip of a glacier right yeah i've heard that too yeah that's you, cool. yeah yeah well, i mean yeah. And it's like, they're so right. So it's like in this episode too, it's like, we see that obviously um, Hillary's character, um, Olivia is, you know, she's at work. And then that <laughs> moment of release, like that moment of like taking off the ballet shoe is, is this lovely scene that she has back at the dorm with Vanessa, where they come Vanessa. to, they come to sort of become friends, I think in that moment, that scene was great. And I mean, we haven't yeah. even talked about this, but I know you you knew Hillary before, but like in creating these two characters together, what was it like doing these sort of roommate scenes? It was fun. I just think the dynamic of of Vanessa and Olivia, even in this scene, really sets a tone of um, there's like a respect there and you can tell they they like each other. You know, Vanessa says she tells her she's not going to look at her as a celebrity, that she's just her roommate. And uh, Olivia admits that coming to NYU made her want to be normal. But she's also saying she can't just be, she has to show bo or have both sides. Like she can't want to be normal and let go of the whole movie star Olivia Burke. That That's part of 
but she liked that. Here's where Vanessa, I think, you know, triggers her like, oh, call Scott. But yeah, yeah. that scene, um, I always liked working with Hillary. She's she's so professional. She's so great. She's been around for so long. So she really knows a set, knows, you know, and I really feel like she brought Olivia to life in a really great way. And it was really something different for the show, obviously. Net, net, we're, you know, we're not in the high yeah, school. Yeah, I think it was really exciting for the show. Right. Yeah. And everybody was like, you know, it's always thrilling when a show is like gets its legs and then starts going and become popular. And then all of a sudden you get these really cool high profile guest stars to come in and people are excited to see them. So like that was a big one and really exciting. And yeah. And it was just funny too, like at the premiere, she's like, well, or Vanessa says, I got to find Olivia. And he's like, you know, Olivia, like it was funny because <laughs> Again, and, and it was now, one of those moments right, where I was like, like, yeah, I know, Olivia. You know, yeah. Like, Olivia. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. She's my roommate. Yeah. It was well, funny. so the one person who wasn't, you know, in this premiere storyline was Jenny because, I mean, well, Jenny was at the premiere with um Chuck, Chuck, but her, but the big drama with her was sort of happening, you know, back at Constance in a way. And so at the end of the episode, we realize that her minions are back, right? Um, and she's like, meet me at the Met. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, Meet me at the have my steps. yogurt ready for me, <laughs> which was yeah. like a fantastic moment too. And so, fantastic. yeah, we go full circle with her. So we start the episode with her, you know, kind of no tossing off the headband. And then she goes and tries to make this beautiful speech about all this egalitarian stuff. We're going to have no queen bee. It's going to be great. Everyone's Everyone's popular. And then goes through the gamut with Blair and then comes out the other end as the classic you know, dictator, bossy, queen bee, a la Miss Blair. Yep. <laughs> so it's kind of fun because we come all the way around. So we land with Jenny is back. And Jenny we is know back. Georgina is out there in the world somewhere causing yeah. some sort of turmoil with Scott. Yeah. Vanessa calls Scott and uh, is just kind of saying, hey, thinking about you. And he's like, I can't talk long. I have to take this. And then you hear afterwards he answers a call from Georgina and he agrees to go and meet her at a restaurant a block away. So now you know that she's she's in Boston. Like, that's where he went back. That's why we found yeah, out last episode. Yeah. Georgina, man, right. what are you doing now, girl? What like, is what? she doing? And and also, she's missing classes. Hello. She's supposed to be an NYU student oh, yeah. now. yeah. <laughs> we can't be cavorting all around. Right. Yeah, we have. We're supposed to go to class. Um yeah, oh, man. so it's fun. I mean, we have a lot of, uh, yeah. So by the end of this episode, too, I think we're done with Serena's uh, PR career, publicity career. Yeah, I, I like, I liked it because I understand what we had to do for that for this episode. But I was also just not feeling it. This isn't like a Serena situation for me. You know, no, I agree. And it was weird, you know, because, yeah, because she's such a glamorous character and she's sort of the center of attention. Watching her uh, be maybe that's a, part of it. Yeah, watching her be on the other side of the camera, you know, just felt weird. Because to me, you know, it's like she just has such a star quality as a character. Yeah. Even her standing next to Tyra, though, and I mean this in the best way because they're both beautiful and stunning. She just doesn't look like she just graduated from high school next to this beautiful right. supermodel. I'm like, you both look like you're supermodels and like, yeah, I'm like, no what, way. What's her name? So at one point says, you know, don't listen to her. She's a teenager. And I'm like. Is she? Doesn't look like one. Yeah. She sure looks oh, yeah. like a fantastic supermodel movie star. So I guess, yeah. So it's, yeah, you're right. Those are things are funny. But but I think yeah. it's like we have Lily back on, you know, so we'll see what happens there. We have, um, you know, uh, Olivia moved in and, and Olivia's Cozy moved in. And, Blair continues yeah. her thing at NYU. Now there's a couple more, I feel like, right. minions coming in. Now, from what I was saying earlier, now I feel like she has found a couple girls 
Then there's that right. garment bag waiting for her there. Taylor, like, yes. look behind you. She gets this garment bag. So maybe Blair did find her people that are going to yeah. make Blair be able to do her thing because right. she was fallen. Blair was falling. Yeah. She's like, I, you know, if she's not bossing people around, I don't really know if she knows what to do. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But it is really interesting because I Wait, remember we never talked about things. This. Yeah. When when Chuck gets there and Dorota comes out holding, she says she's having a um, cram session, like a studying session. Yeah. Right. This is earlier in the episode. Yes. I meant to touch on this before. And then she, she tells Chuck that because she doesn't want Chuck to know that she's having a sleepover. She's hosting with a the, slumber party. Yeah, it's embarrassing. <laughs> with the girls from concerts. Because right. it is embarrassing. Like, come on, Blair. Yeah. And then Dorota comes out holding. She's like, what do you want me to do with what was it like for the-, for the With his bedding or whatever. Yeah. It was like a bunch of silk bedding. Yeah. So it's like, you know, and Chuck immediately <laughs> is like, it's the Waldorf slumber party, which is really funny. Yeah. But yeah. But I love a Dorota moment. There was also a good Dorota moment um, when I was watching the episode. My boyfriend was walking around uh, near me and he glanced over when the Dorota was um, passing out martinis to high school students. And so we got a laugh out of that. Right. She was like, and Blair's like, these martinis are too watered down. Um, oh my so, God. You know, I love that uh, Dorota is just doing what she has to do, man. You just know, she's got to make Blair happy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But you know, whatever you like need, Blair. Gin martinis for high school Wild. sophomores, but <laughs> you know, oh it is what goodness. it is. Yeah. Speaking of, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I have to touch on this quick because after we got off, I went and looked up Vanessa's drink. And I, for some reason, I don't know why I said gin, because if it was going to be gin, I would, it would have right. been maybe Cece, who doesn't have yes. a drink on the menu I saw, but Cece right. was the, about the Empire gin. Hotel. Yeah. The yeah. Empire, Empire Hotel. Hotel they have drinks mm-hmm. on, named after the characters, some of the characters on the show. But right. Cece was like, remember, she smells like gin and Chanel number no. five was the right. whole thing about her. So I don't know yes. why in my mind. And I went and had it. But I, you did say maybe they switch them. Maybe it's seasonal. Yeah, they definitely Anyways, had different because I had seen different things there. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I saw for Vanessa was a like vodka, cranberry, like something else, which right. is something I would definitely like if I, I was in New York and at the Empire Hotel would would try. Yeah. So I don't you know where yes. in my mind it was a gin. But right. Blair was gin, which was like, it was like sour yeah. and bitter. It said something. Right. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. And then it's, well, because gin, well, I mean, she's definitely champagne, but if you're making a cocktail, I guess gin makes sense. And then in this episode, she, in fact, is drinking gin martinis. So I guess they were on point with that. Um, Maybe. And then Serena's was like champagne and topped off with champagne. What was Nate? Oh, I don't remember now. But I, remember I feel like either. Nate's had to have had like a little bit of beer in it. <laughs> little beer. I mean, I that would like be so. A, yeah. <laughs> Um, Here or, we go. Know, okay. Uh, Nate's bourbon. was um, St. Germain, sour oh. blackberries. Um, Jenny's was white rum, mint, ruby red grapefruit. Right. Lonely Boy is Brooklyn Lager, <laughs> M- Maker's Mark bourbon. Um, wow. Chuck Bass is a tad on the small and weak side. But for those who like sweeter, fruity drinks, this scotch, apple, and ginger concoction is the way to go. Um, the XOXO drink is, it says, figure me out. So they don't oh, tell you what's in it. Probably like, I like, like that. That's the show. Good. And what was, right. and what was Dorota's? She was a vodka, like vodka as well, no? Yeah. The one, when I was there, I saw it. It was like a vodka. I think it was like a vodka apple juice or something like that. Like there was like an apple 
there's like there's a Polish vodka um, called Zubrówka, which is like has a bison grass, a piece of bison grass in it, and it's like slightly flavored. Wow. It's herb, herbal kind of. Um, it's a kind of a herbal vodka right. that's very popular in Poland. So I think it was that with like apple juice and something, which makes sense because it's mm. like kind of a Polish cocktail. But yeah, so I feel like you know if anybody's yeah. gonna have a cocktail, it's Droda. I'm sorry she fell off the list, but. You know, if anybody's <laughs> drinking cocktails, this is like a chopped up one. <laughs> yeah, no, it was definitely on there. And then um, Serena's. I'm trying to find um, light, tangy, easy knockback. Don't be fooled oh. by the champagne, <laughs> honey, and water. Wow. And champagne is topped with plenty of vodka. Something vodka. Can't see. They it. really know how to describe. Anyways, those drinks they there. are really trying to do it. Yeah, and gray goose, pear, nectar, and white grape juice for Vanessa. You know, people ask me all the time, like when I meet fans in 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 the world, I get asked a lot to say um, when it come when Gossip Girls revealed and everything, and there's something about vodka on the rocks, no rocks or something. She's like vodka on the rocks, no rocks, some something about that. So she's definitely drinking like, and I remember that they were pouring me like these huge vodkas that were like triples um for the oh scene so i was like dorota was really tying it on but Dorota's it, you know, makes sense because dorota has a lot she's hard working so she has <laughs> she has she to does. kick back she you works know very it, hard <laughs> <laughs> she's got a lot of secrets works right. very hard long hours um yeah. all right so should we should we wrap it up yeah let's see that what there's a quite a okay. quite a lengthy That's gossip quite quote the quote today yeah oh man who shall read it should i do it Yeah, go for it. Okay, here's the closing Gossip Girl quote. If you ask me, we go to the movies because we want to see fairy tales. A sleeping queen woken by her true love's kiss. A princess who puts aside her jewels to make her way in the world. Lovers torn apart being brought back together. But life isn't a fairy tale, and happy endings are few and far between. In life, the young queen becomes tyrant and takes her subjects to war. So that's why we need movies to remind us that despite it all, love can still spring in the most unlikely places and that sometimes even fairy tales can come true. XOXO, Gossip Girl. Wow. Wow. Well, that's a good lesson. Even fairy tales can come true. <laughs> I love it. Yes. That is why we need movies and that's why we need Gossip Girl <laughs> to remind us. A hundred percent. There's all this, you know, <laughs> funny, glamorous, crazy plot lines, but you know, it's fun to watch and I feel like we always get Get something out of it, and um, so <laughs> yeah, we're gonna go down that. We got, we got Olivia's at NYU. Serena's not going to Brown. We are right. not sure where what Nate's doing at NYU. Why? Right. Why is he yeah. just? <laughs> we've lost. We've lost. Like our, lurking we've lost around. track of that. But it doesn't matter, and we'll see what you know, what what comes. And and the one thing we know for sure is that nobody's really doing any homework. So <laughs> no one's doing homework. No, nope. but this is okay. true. That's the glamorous version of college. <laughs> Totally. I know. I'm like, there's so much time that you're like studying and reading right. and not getting sleep and they're going to but premieres. They're, they're and, going to premieres and parties and, and art auctions. And but, auctions. You know, that, without that, it wouldn't be Gossip yeah. Girl. I mean. <laughs> it's true. Well, thank you all for listening. Stay tuned or we'll see you next week. Um, and there's a lot to come. This was an interesting episode because it it felt like yeah, there was just a lot of new introductions kind of off 
Right. Not offset, but kind of like we weren't following yes. the, the normal. Yeah, it's like we let a few of the storylines. Story kind of, I mean, yeah. You know, left them on the back burner. Kind of take a back and seat. Introduced yeah. a lot of new stuff. Right. So it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thank it you. It is good. It and I also fun. feel like to chat. Serena's going to she she's definitely learned something from this situation. Like all of a sudden, I think whatever is next for her is going to be major for her, for Lily. Because right. I don't, it's not going to be brown because she's fighting it too hard. So we'll right. see. But we will be back next week, everyone. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much. Bye, Susanna. Bye. Mwah. Thank you. Mwah. XOXO is produced by Propagate Content and me, Jessica Zor. Our show is executive produced by Ling Lee. Our senior producer is Diego Tapia. Our producers are Hannah Harris, Emily Carr, and Kristen Vermilia. And our intern is Sammy Katz. Original music by Moxie and Loon, and the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. My whole life, I've been told this one story about my family, about how my great-great-grandmother was killed by the mafia back in Sicily. I was never sure if it was true, so I decided to find out. And even though my Uncle Jimmy told me I'd only be making the vendetta worse, I'm going to Sicily anyway. Come to Italy with me to solve this 100-year-old murder mystery. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 